once again, hello everyone. I hope to uh, here in Israel we had an enjoyable to be shvat. And in uh, we'll have a wonderful Shabbat. This Shabbat is Shabbat Shira. Parsha of Bishalach is the Parsha of Shira of Song. The famous song in the Parsha is Oz Yashir Moshe of Israel's Ashira Azos, Vashem Lemor. So, this was the song that the Jewish people sang at Yamsuf. And they saw the Egyptians were destroyed and drowned, and they were saved, and now they're about to embark on their historic uh, journey of millennia. And uh, so I want to uh, dwell on uh, one posik in the Shira. We have a second Shira in this week's Parsha, not in the Parsha, but the Aftora, which is the Shira of Devorah. Devorah uh, sings this great song in honor of the triumph of Borok ben Avinoam over the king of Canaan and the salvation of the Jewish people from Sisra and the uh, miracle of uh, uh, this triumph and the fact that Sisra is assassinated by Ya'el Hesha's Hever Akeni. And therefore, Mora also sings a song. And that becomes, so the Parshah's bookend, so to speak. You have the great song of Moshe and the great song of Dover at the end. I'd like to speak about both of them, uh, how Chazal will view them, how the Meforshim viewed them. So we have a famous posuk uh, in uh, Oz Yashir. This is my God, and I will praise him. The God of my fathers, and I will exalt him. That's the simple explanation. So, uh, first of all, Chazal Darshan, Ered Yamsuf, there was such a great revelation of God, so to speak, that you were able to point, and you could say, Zeh. Kaylee, this is my guy. There he is. Even though the Lord has no physical manifestation whatsoever. So it's a sensation of a relationship, the godliness and holiness that is so strong that it is very rare in human history that such moments arrive. And therefore, Chazal say, Rosa Shifcha Layom, Mashalorah Yechezkel Ben Buzi, the lowliest maidservant of the Jewish people, 
who did not have a year in seminary and was pretty much ignorant of ideas and of knowledge, she was aware, Roa saw, she saw, so saw in the sense of awareness. At Yamsuf, she was more aware of God, so to speak, and of godliness and of the rule of heaven, more even than the prophet Yechezko, who in the first chapter of his Nebuah describes for us heaven and the hosts of angels. That's after that we read on Shavuot. So she saw more than Yechezko because that moment was so exalted there are moments of such exaltation and of such connection to historic greatness that it even becomes prophetic in nature. It's more than what the Egyptians are drowned. It is rather a somehow that the Jewish people are transformed. I'm not uh, going to make the comparison, but I, I think of it uh, for those of us who uh, experienced the Six Day War and who uh, heard uh, and experienced the liberation of Yerushalayim and of the Kotel Maravi and the uh, change in mood from the fear and terror and trepidation which preceded the war, the feeling of salvation and exhilaration which marked the end of the war and its triumph. So at that moment, there's a revelation. At that moment, one feels connected. One feels somehow more than just the experience itself. More than just the facts. And the entire import of the event registers. And then there's that connection to heaven. So to speak, when you get it, you get it. So then you're connected. So that's what Chazal said. She said, this is my guy, she could point at it. Because that was her spiritual exaltation. That was the level that she achieved. Now, it's very rare for people to maintain such a level. And in fact, it's very rare to experience it even once in our lifetime. But it is an experience that's possible. And the great men of Israel have experienced it many times. So to them, God is not a question of philosophy or of science, but is a reality. And because
because it's a reality that one deals with it differently than if it's just an idea that one has. I mean, just uh, completed listening to a book by an author, excellent book on uh, the natural world. A book about astronomy, the heavens, the planets, about ecology, about uh, volcanoes, about germs, about bacteria and viruses. And it's a very scientific book. And uh, a lot of difficult things are explained in the book. And the author uh, has a very uh, easy, lucid style. When you, when, at least my experience, we finished the book, I finished listening to it. So now what? What do you make of all of this? What do you make of the uh, enormity of the universe and the exactitude of distances? What do you make of the ecology of the earth? What do you make of the shifting plectonic plates that are all constantly moving on the earth? What do you make of an expanding universe that we're flying away at enormous speeds. What do you make of uh, the virus? How does that work? The author comes to no conclusions. Book of facts. But the truth of the matter is that if you have facts, the nature of people is to arrive at a conclusion. We learn something from the facts. The facts make us more intelligent. And yet the book is in its own way terribly disappointing because it has no conclusions. And if it has no conclusions, then what's its relationship to me? It's a bunch of scientific facts that some, some of, it, of them I knew before, many of them I didn't know before, but so what? So that's the moment of revelation at Yamsuf. Yamsuf were, was composed of facts that they saw in front of their eyes and they came to a conclusion. They were able to say, Facts that lead to conclusions, in my opinion, have greater efficacy than facts that lead nowhere. You know, all the facts in the world and be an idiot. Because you don't draw any conclusions from the facts. 
You don't become any wiser from it. You become more knowledgeable, but not wiser. There's a great difference between the two. They are not at all the same. Most of the problem in our society is that we have a lot of facts, but we have the very, very little wisdom. What does the word vanvehu mean? So I translated it to praise, which is one of the translations. Attractive, uh, beautiful, uplifting, everything that praise does for us. Something that's worthy of praise. Rashi says a number of explanations of the word. One explanation is, Anveu, he says, he's noe lafonai bemitzvus. Do your mitzvahs pleasantly, beautifully. Talis noe have a talis that's pleasant, that's beautiful. Lulav noe, suke noe. So from there we have the concept of Hidur Mitzvah. You can do a mitzvah, but we should try and do it Behidur. To try and do it Noah, that it should be beautiful. And we all know that how we appreciate that uh, somebody comes and gives you a gift. The gift is gift wrap. You accept it in a different mood than if somebody just came and gave you whatever the item was. Because the gift wrapping shows that the person really cared about you. That he really intended to give you a gift. That it's important to that person that you should feel that the gift is important. So the Rabboni Shalom gave us mitzvot, tzitzis, sukkah. So we should do it pleasantly, beautifully. He's Make it as beautiful as possible. Chazal even uh, give a uh, a ceiling as to uh, how much more a person should be willing to spend in order that it should be intermittent. There's a great discussion in Aloha whether Hidr Mitzvah is a separate matter than the Mitzvah itself or Hidr Mitzvah is part of the Mitzvah itself. But uh, that's not the topic that I'm discussing with you here now. But the concept of Hidur Mitzvah is important. To make it glorious, to make it attractive. Make it beautiful. 
So if this is my God, unveiled, and I will make it, whatever he says, I'll do it beautifully. Uh, we all know there's a concept in the world of uh, formal dress. Since I'm uh, locked down in the house, as all of you are. So I uh, watched uh, the uh, concert, you know, the great Beethoven Ninth Symphony, the chorale. I, I love that piece of music. And uh, there was one uh, portrayal of it. Uh, you know, they played it, but all the musicians were in street clothes, were in casual clothes. The conductor wore a polo shirt even though he's a famous conductor. And even though the rendition was beautiful, but I had seen another rendition in which the entire orchestra was in formal dress. And somehow it was much more regal. The music sounded better, it was the same music. But the Hidur wasn't there. The glorification wasn't there. That's part of the idea that we have in the Torah. Big day Shabbos. What kind of clothing we wear on Shabbos. Not supposed to look the way we look on Wednesday. And in general, when you do a mitzvah, you should do it regally. It's no elephant I do mitzvahs. Because that's my God, so therefore I'm going to, I'm performing his will. So I should do it to the best of my ability. shouldn't, uh, so to speak, be cheap about it. I remember uh, I was a Roman Muncy. Uh, uh, he wasn't a member of my shul, but he was uh, well-known in the community. He built himself a beautiful home. And for some reason, he called me up. And he said, uh, you know, I have to buy uh, for this home, uh, I think he said, 86 mezuzahs. And a home cost him maybe a million, maybe two million dollars. I don't know. Big, big money. You need 86 mezuzahs. You can imagine. So, but he said to me, he said that 
you know, a place where I can get mezuzahs at a bargain. I was very taken aback by it. Here you've got a mansion that you built, cost you millions. When it comes to the mitzvah, to the mezuzahs, you want a bargain. And I, I always had that feeling, uh, you know, I would always recommend to people to buy expensive parshas. The uh, scroll that goes into a mezuzah. So uh, a sofer can charge, you know, $20, $25 a scroll. I mean, he's got to work on it. It takes time, effort. People would say, oh, $25. So I would say, how much are you going to pay for the case to hold it? For the silver or artistic mezuzah case that you're going to put on the door that everybody should look at and think how wonderful it is. So there you're willing to spend $25. And on the mezuzah not, doesn't make sense to me. So one of the things around Veil is he snore the phone I do mitzvah. Do a mitzvah. Be he do it. The best that we can. That's why we find that when it comes to the Arba Mimi Mansukas, it comes to Matzah and Pesach, it comes to mitzvahs. So uh, people are willing to extend themselves. Simply because of the fact that we want to show how happy and how glorious our lot is that we're able to perform God's will and do his mitzvahs. Rashi says another pshat. Anveil is from the word novet, to build a home. Build a house for me, God says. So in its ultimate sense, we are talking about the Beit HaMikdash. that we're going to build a house. But the Novi Yishayo already said, what kind of a house can you build for me? I need your house. So therefore, many, many interpretations exist here. Not only regarding the building of the Mishkan, which we're going to have in the next few weeks, and not only in the Beit HaMikdash, and not only in the synagogue. Remember that we had a synagogue? But that we should build a house for God in our family, in our community, in our nation, and in ourselves. We all know the famous uh, statement of the Breslover uh, Rebbe, Bovavi Mishkan Evne. In my heart, I have built the Mishkan for you in me. You can reside within me. 
you're a welcome guest. We find in Tanakh that uh, the woman of Shunan, because Elisha Hanovi came by often, so she made a guest house for him. She made a special room for him, furnished it. Over Elena Tommy Dishala came over Elena, so he's a member of the house. We have many times that uh, the children build on a separate apartment so that their parents can be next door to them. It's all part of being in the house. So you have to build a guest room, Kaviocho, for the God should also be in the house. And that's part of the Anvehu. That's part of the fact that we construct a home for him. We have the famous uh, statement of the Kotzka Rebbe that a Chosid asked him, where can I find God? And he answered, wherever you let him in. There's great depth to that. Exquisite understanding of the nature of human beings. And in Shira Shiri, we have a cold Dodi Dolfake. The Bonshul knocks on our door so then open the door and let him in. But in Shira Shirim, it describes why they didn't let him in. They were busy, they weren't dressed, they had all sorts of good excuses. So then when we open the door, find that it's a little late. So that lies in the words Vian Vehu. It says, Ze Kaili Vian Vehu Elaheodi Varumenu. Those are two different kinds of Jews. There's a Jew who discovers God on his own. Ze Kaili, that's my God. There's a Jew that discovers God, my tradition, my family, where I was born, what my grandfather was. That's why I'm a Jew. Two different areas, two different directions that they come to the same point. One is, so to speak, a self-discovery, and one is a tradition implanted in the person. Chazal uh, apparently say that those that discover God, so to speak, on their own are in a more exalted place than those who are uh, subject only to the tradition and their society. People who search and find, so then they're in a more exalted situation. That's their Kaylee, that's my God, that I found him. Kaylee, our own 
my father did it this way, and my grandfather did it. But that's all praiseworthy. It should not be demeaned or let go of. But there are two different ways, and we have to realize that there are two different ways and appreciate the differences that exist within us and where people come from. And not to be judgmental. I'm going to conclude with a postage from the Shira of Dvorah. The end of the Shira, she says, the Oavod could say Sashemish Bigvuroso. Those who love God, they shine like the sun that comes forth in all of its might. And then it says, Vatishko to Oretz Arboim Shono. The Jewish people had 40 years of peace after that war. Chazal take this and apply it to a certain set of circumstances. People who are insulted by others, but they don't respond in kind. Show me they hear others say bad things about them and they don't answer. Regarding these people who are the true heroes. Because silence is often much more heroic than whatever one can say. Those who love God they're like the sun that comes out with all of its power. So we could certainly use a little uh, less conversations about others. Less, uh, this whole election season is very, very disturbing. The rise above it. If we're able to do it, then we are the Gibor. We're like the sun. And we'll be privileged, therefore, that we will have quietude and peace and good health and be able always to say Shira, songs of praise to our Creator for the goodness that He has established for us. Thank you very much and stay well.